Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to our Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, slash Chapter 22, Guns for Hire, full spoiler review. Before we get any further ahead, please make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Doing so is the best way to keep in touch with us and to stay up to date on all of our releases. As we're coming to the close here for The Mandalorian, we'll be switching more towards Jedi Survivor being the primary focus of this entire channel, along with some High Republic reviews as well. And don't forget, we have a Dark Force Rising review coming out in a few weeks from now. So make sure to stay tuned to our channel, or on our podcast, or follow us on our socials to stay up to date with us. Now, before we get any further ahead, I do want to let you guys know that I did lose my voice a couple days ago, so it does sound a bit off, but we're going to do our best here and power through it to give you guys the best review possible. So, without further ado, let's get into Episode 6 of Mandalorian Season 3, titled Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. This was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who's done a great job on our episodes in The Mandalorian, as well as The Book of Boba Fett. So this was an episode I was greatly anticipating. And after all the predictions that we did last week, it's really strange to say that that's not really what this episode ended up being like. I don't want to really get too ahead of myself, but this was an episode that really threw me off. I think I understood a lot of the justification for what was going on in the third episode of the season, in the fourth episode, because everything tied back in the fifth episode. And a lot of the premiere in the second episode also made a lot more sense in the context of that fifth episode. But the sixth episode... It's a weird one, and it's zany, it's fun, but I don't know if it was necessarily the right episode at this point of time in the season. But I'm not trying to get too rambly here, so I'm going to pass it over to Liam. Liam, what were your thoughts overall on this episode? Thanks, Sonic. So I thought this was an interesting episode, to say the least. Uh, the cameos, I think, as usual when they do these kind of like big celebrities, especially random celebrities definitely took me out of it a bit i thought the pacing of the episode was all right uh the the action while good and i I do appreciate one thing i'll get to the positive i guess my favorite part of the episode so far was that in general i i do appreciate how this season has really given us kind of what we've seen with the bad batch at times what we've seen with clone wars what we've seen with rebels and that is kind of the first time we've ever really seen EU stuff tackling a large variety of Star Wars eras, right? When we get New Republic, originally, all we have to base it on is the original trilogy. So it's just original trilogy iconography, right? We're now we're getting Separatists, we're getting new uh, original Republic, we're getting all sorts of things, which I thought was very cool. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, I wish he was a different, bigger character. Maybe he'll come back. I don't know. Hopefully... Uh, Jack Black being in it though just really throws me off. I was, I love Jack Black. I think he can do great serious roles, but this was just a little too hammy. But the whole planet was a bit hammy, so I don't know. I I didn't necessarily love what we did here, but I like the story beats. I I think the Bo Katan stuff was great, and we'll talk about that in the next point. Uh, but I I I was mixed on this episode for sure. This feels like season one to me, the middle of season one, mid mid-season one episodes like episode five, four five and six uh, this feels that like that but we do get a stronger pool for the story stuff at the end so in that sense i think it works in ways but overall i was a little disappointed with this episode but i, I still think it was good it was solid yeah and i mean 
I definitely do agree with a lot of those points there. It's a fun episode, don't get me wrong, but again, like I said when we started off this review, I don't know if it really made sense as the sixth episode of an eight-episode series. Now, if they're dropping a surprise ninth episode on us, I mean, then this will sit a lot easier for me. So is this really a dud of an episode? In placement, yes. I don't think it is overall because at the same time, a lot of these weaker episodes, especially those three episodes, episode four, five, and six of season one, really got fully expanded on and had a lot of their plot lines really developed into something a little bit more meaningful or very essential in season two. So if they're trying to do the same thing here for the eventual Mandalorian season four, sure, I'm down with it. I think that's fine. I just think that with how long we've waited for season three of the Mandalorian and with a lot of that story dealing and taking place in the book of Boba Fett, I'm not really sure this was necessary. I d we've talked about it before starting off the season. A lot of the season is leaning on some episodic qualities like the first two seasons, but feels a lot more serialized as a whole. Even if we were jumping around from the different plot lines, the way it tied into episode five, The Pirate, it really made sense for me. I really appreciated it. And I thought this was an episode that would be of great service to all the Mandalorians, like we predicted to bring back a Fen Rao, a Sabine, or someone notable in that sense, even a Boba Fett. We didn't get that. And I thought that this episode would be a great way for Din to really spend some time with Grogu, recontextualize this whole season for themselves and where they're going next and what it means to be a Mandalorian and what are the, some of the things that are just kind of holding both of them back. That's really what I was strongly feeling. That's what I really felt was being built up towards. And that's not what this episode is. And it, look, I still enjoyed it. It, I think I, I gave myself like an hour or two before recording this to really settle in and think about it, looked over a couple more scenes. And it's fine. I I think more than fine, I've, I actually have enjoying it. I think when I watched it, I was kind of stunned. But now I'm like, no, that's good. Now that I know what's about to happen. And I mean, that's that's where Bryce Dallas Howard's directing really shines. She was given a very strong visual episode. A lot of greenery, a lot of well-lit rooms. You know, some season two carryover coming in with Casca Reeves, Axe Woes. It's all there. And we got a lot of zany, almost George Lucas-inspired storytelling. Really, it felt like instead of having Obi-Wan and Anakin, we had Bo-Katan and Din Djarin taking their place in a live-action Clone Wars episode of sorts. Though this one did feel more of like something a droid or a Jar Jar arc would end up being. I will never be upset by having Jack Black in Star Wars, and I'm very happy that he has a very funny and bombastic character. I think his character is literally called the Bombardier and he's paired pretty nicely with Lizzo as the Duchess. I thought that was quite fun. And there's some interesting things about the politics of a direct democracy, dependency on droids, the quite literal physical system of differences, almost caste-like economic that was taking place here on this planet of Plazier 15. So yeah, I mean, all that was fine. I, I It felt like a bit of a procedural there's some great action there. It almost felt like the Mandalorian Special Victims Unit, you know? It, it was fun that way, so I, I can't complain about that. It was great to see B2s. It was great to see B1s. Just a very visually creative episode. I really appreciate that. 
Christopher Lloyd was a huge part of it, and I liked the twist of his character. Also being a separatist from the start, name dropping Dooku, being the one behind it with all the nanodroids. Like it, it, it had a decent mystery to it. I just don't think it was worth spending, I want to say like 35 to 38 minutes on this plot line. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fun. It's fun. I, I enjoyed it. I just don't see why at this point in time, Grogu was necessary for this show. It still is the biggest mistake of Book of Boba Fett of bringing back Grogu. They can hand wave it away any way they want, but I think there would have been a lot more understanding for Din feeling passive, kind of lost, helping Mandalorians, you know, kind of reverting in some ways if Grogu wasn't there, but but Grogu is there. So I, I'm not really sure exactly what they're trying to do there. But nonetheless, still overall pretty good. I'm thinking this will be definitely played up more in season four. Maybe we go back to this planet. Maybe we see other planets react this way. There's the whole thing with the Duchess telling Bo-Katan and Din that if they are to help out with this whole droid issue that they've been having, which is the basis of the episode, they would then go to the New Republic as a member state and vouch for the independence of a Mandalorian system, which is pretty appealing. And, you know, that that is quite nice. That is a good piece of development there. I guess that could be something that's explored early in season four, but I don't know, to be seen. But let's switch gears to what was actually really exciting. The end of the episode with the Axe Woves versus Bo-Katan fight, her victory, and then the technicality that Din gives her the right to the Darksaber for. Liam, what are your thoughts on that final exchange and what that means, as well as just Bo-Katan's overall role in the season of The Mandalorian? Okay, so Bo-Katan with the Darksaber, I think this was something that was relatively predictable. If I'm not mistaken, we might have talking about, talked about it back with predictions or with our review originally about her winning the Darksaber back and using it again. I mean, we I think we kind of all figured at some point she was going to get it back this season. So to me, not shocking. In a way, it is very Rebels reminiscent. And in some ways, that works really well. I think in other ways, though... You do start to wonder, and I was I was hoping a bit more for like a specific reason why this time it's so important for her to win the dark saber via combat versus last time somebody could just hand it to her. Uh, uh, what's changed for the Mandalorians? What ways have have changed? What are their rituals? What are their customs? Uh, Axe Woes talks about in this episode. Well, our way is you have to win the dark saber via combat where you have to wield the Darksaber to be the leader. That was not the case in the Clone Wars. That was not the case in Rebels. So why? And we never really see that. I was hoping for whenever Bo-Katan received the Darksaber, whether that was in Season 3, whether that was in Season 4, I was hoping for a bit more, like, gravitas to it, a bit more of a, a, a situation that gave stakes to the decision the transition of power from Din to her, something that made that kind of battle of wills between the two of them a bit more dramatic. I think from the posters we've seen of them with the split Darksaber right down the middle, you were expecting a bit more of a battle between the two of them. I think you were expecting a bit more of, of a <laughs> some type of conflict. And as much as I like seeing the two of them team up, and I think they work great together, and I, and I do think Katie Sackhoff and... Uh, Pedro Pascal when he's in the suit or his weather's voice they have great chemistry and I think these two characters are really meant to be co-stars co of the show co-leads of the show but 
I, I did want to see them clash. I, you know, they were so at odds at the end of last season and then started off, off at odds in this season. And then we had the Mythosaur, which was the big symbol for Din. And he doesn't even really know about Pokétan seeing the Mythosaur. So when is that going to come full circle? I thought that would be nice to play with the iconography of both sides. But we're not doing that. She seems to have the Darksaber back. Reunited the Mandalorians. Next week's the penultimate episode. So in that way, I guess we do kind of need to get a move on. I, I'm a little disappointed by the transition of power, though, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I, but again, you know, it needed to happen. And I'm looking forward to how they're going to use Bo-Katan as that bridge. And now what is Din's role in this show? And I think we'll talk about that a bit more in predictions. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of similar feelings. Again, I think the ending fight, while great and quite visually strong, it needed some more time. It, it needed some more discussion, a little bit more dialogue, a little bit more of apprehension toward what's going out there in the galaxy, tie in the New Republic plot in some way. Maybe they've heard something from a contact on Coruscant. I feel like all that stuff could have still been there, and it wasn't. But what we got is good. I'm not going to deny that. I thought the fight was really well choreographed and quite physical, and a great use of all the tools that Mandalorians have. The technicality that Din kind of gives the Darksaber to Bo-Katan on, I mean, I kind of saw it coming, uh, because the way she wielded it against the cyborg and the spider droid system, like, she was kind of meant for it. She has so much experience for it. Din kind of treats it like an Elder Wand from Harry Potter situation. He was defeated by a spider droid, and... Bo took up the Darksaber to defeat the spider droid cyborg thing. So I, I guess on technicality, sure, she has it now. Do I think that was the best way to do it? No, and I, I think I also question what's the point of having him keep the Darksaber for so long instead of dealing with that earlier and having so little training. Like he has one clean cut this episode and now he's like, oh, it's yours. Like, what? why? Like, I don't know. It feels like a lot of season twos Ending has been a bit undone, not entirely, but it has been a bit undone by Book of Boba Fett and now a lot of this season. I don't know if that's intentional because they really want us to put Din on a totally different path from other Mandalorians instead of being the Mandalore like we all predicted. It's curious, but this season definitely has also shifted entirely to be in a Bo-Katan season. I think this is the most I've ever enjoyed Bo-Katan, so I'm not upset by that. I think Katie Sackhoff has really nailed the character more so than she ever did in animation. There's a lot of things that really showcase how much she's missing it, how much she wants to be something more, how much she's trying to de defeat all these self-doubts, how much she's trying to give herself redemption. And then through Din, she's able to like climb herself back up and she's so much more confident. She's so much more assured and so much more evolved. I, I really like that about her. She feels like she's going to be the main character for this entire season at this point, unless Din and Grogu suddenly take over and she becomes more of a supporting player. I, again, would not mind that because if you give me two strong episodes where she takes up a good chunk of the screen time, but we give it more of a 40 split to her and a 60 split to Grogu and Din, this season ends up much stronger than it is right now. Like right now, it was solid going up, solid kind of going up, Solid. What really up for me? Then it's split back down to where it was at the end of episode four. I wanted to shoot back up, and 
I guess I won't have too many problems with how season three is at the end of the day. But yeah, I think we need to really understand is this really Boca Dan season? Is this all we're building up to that she's getting her second chance as the Mandalore? If so, great. But then what's the point of a Grogu? What is Din doing? Clarify that for us, unless we're leaving it all on a cliffhanger. Well, I think this is a good place to end it here. Thanks so much for watching our Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, Chapter 22, Guns for Hire Review. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel, because we also are dropping our Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 7 predictions video on Friday, as well as having a Let's Play later in the evening. And we should have our Star Wars The High Republic Convergence full review out on Monday. Sorry for the delay, we're just busy and our schedules didn't align, so we'll try to make sure we can get our full review in by the upcoming Monday. And again, we are done with the Bad Batch and we're almost done with the Mandalorian, so we are going to slowly transition to a bit of a slower pace on this channel in terms of well-edited videos, but switching more towards live streams, finishing up Jedi Fallen Order, and then picking up on Jedi Survivor when it comes out later at the end of the month. Again, thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.